Welcome to the Australian Jewish Historical Society podcast. With records dating back to 1788, this series promises to bring to life some of the many stories the Society has preserved about the impact Jews and Jewish organisations have had and continue to have on Australian life. Be sure to visit ajhs.com.au to explore the many databases, photos, stories and articles now available online. Hello, I'm Anthony Pearl and welcome to Times Gone By. In this episode, we'll be sharing some stories and information about notable Jews from years gone by who played a role in the Australian judiciary system. But before we begin, just a reminder that we're always interested to hear from you about stories and information you have from your family history, particularly dating back to the early days of the colony. Please contact the Australian Jewish Historical Society so we can look to include them in future podcasts. While Jews are often known for their success in legal careers, it is a celebrated minority who have succeeded in reaching the top courts of the nations in which they've lived. Today's stories will briefly highlight the lives of the earliest notable Jewish members of the Australian judiciary system through the colony's history. We're delighted to have Peter Wertheim as our guest storyteller. Peter was a practising lawyer for 32 years and is now the co-CEO for the Executive Council of Australian Jury. He's achieved much during his working career, including clients such as trade unions and not-for-profit organisations, honorary solicitor for a number of Indigenous charities, as well as numerous Jewish community organisations and a statutory board member of the New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Board, a state government body as well. He was appointed by the Australian Federal Government as a member of its Australian Multicultural Advisory Council and later its successor body, the Australian Multicultural Council. Peter was president for the New South Wales Jewish Board of Deputies from 1996 to 2000 and in 2003 he was made a member of the Order of Australia for services to the Jewish and wider communities and for work in a variety of projects promoting communal harmony and understanding. Certainly a very busy person so we thank him for joining us today. Our episode has five stories and Peter begins with a look at Sir Julius Salomon's. Hello, my name is Peter Wertheim. I practised law as a solicitor in Sydney between 1977 and 2009. During that time and since, I have been an active member of the organised Jewish community in Australia, holding a number of senior positions of communal leadership. Combining the practice of law with service to the community has been a well-established tradition for Jewish lawyers in Australia, as you will be able to gather from some of their stories going right back to the early years of European settlement when Australia was still a British colony. Our stories today begin with Sir Julian Salomons, who was one of the best-known Jewish barristers. Sir Julian Salomons was appointed Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of New South Wales in 1886. He was the first Jew ever appointed to a judicial office in Australia, though he never actually served as a judge. A native of Birmingham, England, he immigrated to Sydney at the age of 18 
and commenced work in a bookshop. He became a member of standing in the Jewish community and in 1857 became secretary of the York Street Synagogue. In 1858, sponsored by the community, he returned to England to study law and was admitted to the English Bar in 1861. After his return to Sydney and admission to the Colonial Bar, he built up a private practice and gained a reputation as a brilliant lawyer. In 1886, his appointment as Chief Justice was made public. Twelve days later, he resigned the position, citing the resistance of other judges before whom he had previously appeared in litigation, who were not well disposed to him as a colleague. Though the New South Wales Bar asked Salomons to change his mind, he refused and returned to private practice. There is no evidence that anti-Semitism played any part in the matter. He served as Agent General for the Colony in London from 1889 to 1890 and again from 1899 to 1900. Originally opposing the campaign for federation of the Australian colonies, after the passage of the 1900 Constitution Act, he became a strong supporter and took part in working out the Compromise Federation Agreement, which was embodied in the Imperial Decree of July 1900. He was knighted in 1891 and in 1900 given a retainer by the federal government as senior counsel. Throughout his life, he remained a public, proud and committed member of the Jewish community. He died on 6 April 1909 in his home, Sherbourne, in the Sydney suburb of Wallara, and was buried in the Jewish section of Rookwood Cemetery. Julian had married his cousin, Louisa Solomons, in 1862, whilst in the UK studying law. They had two daughters. Henry Emmanuel Cohen was born in Port Macquarie, New South Wales, on the 1st December 1840. At 16 years of age, he became a clerk of David Cohen & Co at West Maitland, where he remained for eight years. And in 1864, he opened a store at Bathurst with his twin brother George, under the name of Cohen & Co. The venture was not a success, and the store closed in June 1867. In 1868, he travelled to London and was called to the bar at Middle Temple in 1871. In the same year, he was called to the bar of New South Wales. On his return to Maitland, he established himself as a barrister and was occupied mainly with mercantile cases. From 1875 to 1885, he entered politics first in West Maitland in the Legislative Assembly, and then in the Legislative Assembly of New South Wales. He was Colonial Treasurer in the Farnell Ministry and Minister of Justice in the Stuart Ministry, retiring from political life in 1885, declining a nomination to the Legislative Council. In 1881, his career on the bench began, and in 1896, he was appointed a judge of the Supreme Court of the Colonies, 
where he served until his death in 1912. At the same time, he was appointed colonial treasurer and, for two years, held the portfolio of Minister of Justice. For some time in 1901, he was president of a special court set up to try land resumption claims against the government. Soon, another activity took his whole interest and, following the enactment of the Industrial Arbitration Act in 1901, he became the first president of the Arbitration Court and remained its president until 1905. It gave him great influence in the state and he solved many problems presented by this new province of law and order which he had to interpret and apply. It is said that these years were the most important of his life. Henry was an all-rounder, was dignified, liked good company and was a great sportsman. As a judge, he was said to be fair, with his impartiality never in doubt. Without being brilliant, he worked industriously and conscientiously on the bench. Although he often received disapproval from colleagues for being very technical and insisting on the letter of the law in procedure, sometimes to the point of overlooking the objects of justice, he was, as his decisions showed, a very humane judge. Like Sir Julian Salomons, he was also associated with the Jewish establishment in the community, becoming a member of the board of the Great Synagogue in 1874 and later serving as its president. He was someone who was interested not only in his own community, but also in the wider community throughout Australia. This was in addition to his philanthropic association with a number of organisations, including Sir Moses Montefiore Home and the Sydney Jewish Education Board, and his presidency of the Sydney branch of the Anglo-Jewish Association and St John Ambulance Service. His profound learning, ever-charming personality and devotion to the welfare of his faith community won him universal respect and esteem. He was a gentleman of whom the community was justly proud. He died on the 5th of January 1912 of a heart attack whilst at sea travelling back to Australia with his wife. Henry had married Sophie, daughter of Leo and Emily Frank, immigrants from Germany. They had two sons, Edgar Henry and Cecil Hope, both of whom became Sydney barristers. David Poole was one of the best-known solicitors in the early years. He was a brother-in-law of Abraham Pollack, a very different character. In 1861, Pollack was found guilty of swindling Sydney solicitor W.P. Moffat of £140 and was sentenced to three and a half years hard labour on the roads. The sentence was reduced to hard labour in Darlinghurst Jail. David Poole arrived as a free settler in 1828, already qualified as a solicitor and attorney, and practised in the colony for 17 years. He became the Sydney Synagogue's solicitor. He represented Esther Abrahams in 1829, when her son Robert commenced court proceedings against her, seeking to have her declared insane and incapable of running the family property at Annandale. Had he succeeded, Robert stood to gain the property immediately instead of waiting until Esther's death to inherit it. Represented by Poole, Esther defeated Robert's claim. Poole helped found the Legislative Assembly in New South Wales. One other claim to fame was that in 1854, 
He successfully argued the community's case for ministerial stipends and educational aid. He had a number of commercial interests in New Zealand and Tahiti, where, through his wife Elizabeth's nephew, there apparently were royal connections. Both David and his wife returned to London and he passed away in 1858, aged 87. David Lawrence Levy arrived in New South Wales from England in 1853. He had already trained as a lawyer and joined the legal profession. He established himself in Sydney as a solicitor, being the first one of the Jewish faith to practice in that capacity. After carrying on business for some time alone, he entered into partnership with the late D. Michael, an association which lasted for some years. Subsequently, he took into partnership Alfred Delissa. The partnership was then dissolved and the practice took on a number of different solicitors not of the Jewish faith. David Levy showed great interest in communal affairs, being for many years a member of the committee of the York Street Synagogue. He was also treasurer for many years and was very active in promoting the construction of the Great Synagogue in Sydney, again taking on the position of treasurer from 1879 to 1881. He was a member of the board of management of the Sabbath and Hebrew schools, being treasurer and then president in 1886. He proved himself to be a most charitable and warm-hearted man, always ready to respond to the call of distress and do a kind deed for anyone. He became a life governor of the Prince Alfred Hospital, Sydney, having contributed £100 to its funds, which was noted many years later as a most lavish contribution. As a lawyer, he had earned the highest respect of his peers, he possessed an extensive knowledge of mercantile and common law, and these qualifications were recognised by his being appointed to the Board of Examiners for admission of solicitors. In fact, he was one of the most skilful practitioners and highest authorities on the practice of the courts and in matters of business. He was known for his word being as good as his bond. He married Jane Cohen, the youngest daughter in her family, who, in her own right, was very involved in the Sydney Jewish community and was the granddaughter of Henry Emmanuel Cohen. There were no children of the marriage to carry on the name. However, he adopted a niece and a second niece, upon both of whom he and Jane lavished an equal amount of affection. He was widely known as Uncle David. He died on the 1st of December, 1893, at Potts Point, in Sydney. Alfred Delissa was an English-born Australian solicitor and legal scholar. In 1854, he migrated to Sydney with his family. His father set up as a cabinet maker and upholsterer, but in October 1856 was declared bankrupt. Alfred's brother, Benjamin, at that time, travelled to Mauritius to learn about sugar and then on to Adelaide where he became a policeman trooper and journalist. Alfred became a solicitor in 1866, specialising in trademark and company law. 
In 1881, he published the book Bankruptcy and Insolvency Law, which was followed by further books, Companies Work and Mining Law in New South Wales and Victoria in 1894, The Codification of Mercantile Law in 1897, and The Bill of Lading Question and Marine Insurance Policies in 1901. He also published pamphlets advocating reform on a range of financial and legal matters. Delissa married Elizabeth Hart in 1873 and they had three children. He visited England in 1887, having unsuccessfully put forward to Sir Henry Parkes, a dominant political figure in Australia during the second half of the 19th century, often called the father of Australian Federation, a proposal for a finance company to draw English investments to Australia. Politically, Alfred Delissa was a protectionist, running for the seat of Patrick's Plains at the 1891 colonial election. He retired in 1912 and died the following year. Thanks, Peter. It's amazing to have people of his standing in the community involved in our podcast, telling some of these great stories about the early Jewish influences in Australia. I'm sure there are many more stories to tell about notable Jews who have played their part in the Australian judicial system. So don't forget, if you have a contribution, which might be of interest to add to any future or indeed our past episodes, please reach out to the Australian Jewish Historical Society via the website ajhs.com.au. The website's also where you'll find a fountain of other information, including databases, which may feature members of your family. Thanks also to the Australian Jewish News for providing a platform for these podcasts and helping us reach a growing audience. The podcast was made possible because of the research and writing of Abra Kaplan and Ruth Lillian, who also coordinates all our guest storytellers. The production is from my team at Com Together. Our next episode will continue to look at some very successful Jewish identities. I'm Anthony Pearl, and on behalf of AJHS, I look forward to having you join us next time. Yeah.